On today's show, we'll be talking about how to enhance your health through food in ways you won't miss what you're leaving out, as well as what we've been eating and drinking while we were out and at home. We have news of permanent restaurant closures and seasonal change at the Hyatt Regency Lake Washington, and you won't want to miss our holiday gift guide discussion. It's all coming up on the Seattle Dining Show. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by... Salty Seafood Waterfront Restaurants. Visit them on the water at their Alki, Redondo, and Portland locations. Uh, this is Casper Dernier. I'm the owner of Casper Special Events and Catering, and welcome to the Seattle Dining Show. Coming to you live at the Test Kitchen Studio high atop Queen Anne Hill, it is time for the Seattle Dining Show. Join us as we explore news about Northwest restaurants, take a look at upcoming events, discover new kitchen tips you can use at home, dive into great recipes, and much more. And now, here's your host, the senior editor, Connie Adams, and whoever else just happened to drop by today. Welcome to the December 2020 Seattle Dining Show number 2012, the very last show of the year. Roar. You know why I'm roaring? Because hmm. I want to be a bear. I just want to be a bear. I want to go to bed at like the 1st of November and not get up <laughs> until spring. And you know, if I was, if everybody would just do that, the, the virus would go away. Yeah. Why didn't you come up with this plan last March? Like February. Everybody's down. I know. I don't know. I, you know we, we have so much to learn from bears that we still don't know. <laughs> so in case you don't know, I'm Connie Adams, Senior Editor, and you've just been listening from publisher Tom Marin, Bear Talk. Yeah, welcome to Bear Talk. <laughs> <laughs> I want to sleep. <laughs> I want to go back to sleep. Why do you wake me up to do this podcast? <laughs> you know, we could we could also learn a lot from the cats. I mean, you know, hibernation all winter long is great, but... Yeah, sleeping 20 hours a day, that's okay, too. Yeah. So, well, I thought we might talk about healthy eating and moderating your eating because it is the holidays. And even as weird as it is this year, we, we're probably all overeating anyway. So we should, we should be careful about what we eat all the time. But around the holidays, we love to overdo. And if we can't overdo, we're so sad for ourselves. More butter, more salt, more everything. So far, we're having a really good, successful holiday. Yeah, actually, we're doing well. I I uh, lost a pound over Thanksgiving, so that was a a first time happening for me. Yeah, I'm 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 going back down to my regular low right now. Even as we speak. Yeah, as we speak, I'm burning <laughs> calories. Every time I say a word, I burn one more calorie. Oh no wonder you were growling like a bear. That probably burns more. <laughs> <laughs> Well, one of the things we were going to talk about is salt substitutes because it seems like a lot of people should be. We all eat too much salt. And I was going to look this up and didn't. Um, we use a salt, salt substitute that's mostly potassium chloride. I think that potassium can react to certain prescription drugs. But will potassium chloride because that's different from potassium. Yeah. It's one of those things you should look up. Like you're, you're listening to us and thinking, yeah, I'm going for potassium. Like but I they take say, it. talk to your doctor. Yes, exactly. And see if it's right for you. Exactly. Well, one of my neighbor's husband is on a really, really, really low slash no salt diet. And she has been using lemon zest. And she'll either zest it you know, herself or she, she's, she likes that true lemon. And I was looking that up, and it's um, made from real citrus natural flavors, no artificial sweeteners or preservatives, gluten-free, non-GMO. So you could do that if, you're, if you want to use it more often than you feel like zesting lemons. Um, you could, uh, she talks about Miss, Mrs. Dash. I'm not, I don't know much about Mrs. Dash. What else is in Mrs. there? Mrs. Dash is a, a herb blend. They make a couple different ones. Yeah, she's talking about the lemon pepper. Yeah, and uh, once you use Mrs. Dash a couple of times, you realize Mrs. Dash has a very definitive flavor to mm. it, and you kind of don't want it after a while. Oh, okay. So, well, she even says that the lemon pepper is great on vegetable, seafood, and chicken and pork, but really don't use it for beef or lamb. So, the other thing she said that was interesting to me because I didn't know they did this was the. Uh, she says World of Spice, but it's uh, 
Market Spice mm-hmm. down at Pike Place Market on uh, Western. Mm-hmm. And she said, you can bring in your salty spice concoction, and they'll make you one with the same taste without the salt. Yeah, you should try that sometime if you're down there. Yeah. See I how think, it really works out. Yeah, she said that she used it in her Tex-Mex stuff for fajitas and Cajun, like gumbo and etouffee recipes. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of an interesting thing. I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Yeah. Um, Keto is great for cutting down on carbs, and we've been, you especially have been doing more of that lately, just, and not as a diet. No, I'm not trying to hit a ketatonic stage. I'm just trying to cut amount of carbs out of my diet. And you know what? We need a little bit of everything. So you don't want to get rid of all your carbs completely, but like we've been using whipped cauliflower instead of mashed potatoes, and it's really good. good. It's really good. So good. But you know, uh, like like when you talk about mashed potatoes and go into a, a Cali masher thing, um, all these things use a lot of butter. Yeah, and you know, you eating regular butter is not good for you because of the stuff they use to make it, and it's got GMO is fed to those cows and. It's just not good for you. But a grass-fed organic butter, you could eat that all day long, and it won't it won't tighten up your yeah. arteries or anything. You it's know? a little so. hard to find. I can find organic butter, mm-hmm. and I have found pasture-raised butter. Well, that's grass-fed, but yeah, but it's not organic. Yeah, that particular. No, one. no, you're looking for organic. Yeah, you so organic that. first, and if you can find grass-fed organic, you're even better. So we get the organic valley at the central market. But I don't believe that's grass-fed. It is. It? Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, great. In fact, I believe in the case of butter, you can't have organic butter unless it's been grass-fed. Oh, okay. But I could be wrong on that. Yeah. Someone will uh, Someone will hit us on our Facebook page and straighten us. Straighten us out, right. These two don't know what they're talking about. Um, so things like that. And, and what you're looking to get rid of, if you're thinking keto, it's just the white bread, flour, soda, pastries, things we talk about all the time that we shouldn't eat, you know, things that go through your system really quickly and don't do you any good. Mm-hmm. So, and then we've talked about this before too, just go vegetarian a day or two. And I don't, I'm not a vegetarian and I love my meat, but like the other day for lunch on Thanksgiving, we had tomato soup, Yeah, homemade tomato soup. It's so good. It's all organic. I was completely satisfied. I don't feel like I didn't have, you know, enough. Well, we mixed it with some uh, wheat thins and cheese. Triscuits. Triscuits. Organic triscuits. Triscuits and cheese. So the cheese was dairy, so that wasn't vegetarian for some vegetarians at that point. Uh, You know, there's only 23 different kinds of vegetarian you could be, so which one do you want to be? Yeah, tell us a little bit about that. You were doing a little research. (laughs) Well, I, started, I just wanted to understand more about – I, I kind of want to set up a grid and look at what all the yes and no's are for each of the different diet types, paleo, keto, vegetarian, vegan. And it turned out there's about four different main type of vegetarian type diets. And then beyond that, there's like 26 more that are all revolve around Buddhism or mm. – Muslim or – I mean it's just all over the map. Uh, it made my head spin, so I put it all down and didn't work <laughs> on it anymore. So, you know, I guess the bottom line here, and it's what everyone says all the time, is just find out what works for your body and do those healthy things. And, you know, when you're talking about the, the soup, um, you can get all the protein you want from, from almonds or walnuts mm-hmm. or hazelnuts or yeah. put some pine nuts in that soup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Add a little olive oil in there. Yeah. it's uh, That's really good soup. And we have that online right now. I believe it went up on – yeah, for November. Yeah. So, so let's keep that. it up for December. Okay. Um, that reminded me. Oh, I just saw a recipe the other day and it was talking about a soup base – like basically making a broth mm-hmm. and just having it around. And you could certainly make that organically. You make stock all the time like that. And then when you want uh, something different, you've got that base. And then maybe you add chicken to it or just vegetables. Oh, you're talking or, about sort of like make a vegetable soup base yeah. and just have it around. Yeah, and, and then you when can you freeze want it. it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you can throw in sausage. Yeah, or, whatever yeah. you feel like eating. And it's a different 
soup all the time, so you're not getting bored. But I get bored though. I'd have to keep changing that base up a little bit each yeah. time. Yeah. You know, like in November, I'll put the pumpkin spice in the vegetable base. Okay, yeah. you're not going to – well, you can do that, but I am not <laughs> going to eat here anymore. <laughs> the other thing I was thinking about was that when when holidays come up, we all have our traditional favorites, our family traditions, things that we just love. Um, and if you don't want to make the holidays no fun because you're worried about food all the time. So – you know, pick something that you particularly love and have that, even if it's not the healthiest thing, mm-hmm. you know, and just enjoy it once a year, you know, twice a year. I mean, I didn't feel guilty when I put breading onto the turkey cutlets at Thanksgiving. Yeah, well, it was But that's not normally panko. what I do anymore. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of ways to really enjoy food without undoing yourself completely. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, it's December, and uh, Governor shut down the restaurants again. I know. From at least being able to go in and sit in them. Where have you been eating? Where have I been eating? Well, actually, um, before that got shut down, I met somebody for a meeting at Queen Anne Coffee Company, um, which ironically took over the old El Diablo, and El Diablo raised a bunch of money and got that place two stores down, and now they're closed completely. Yep. So, but anyway, I did not eat there, but the person I was meeting had not had lunch and she ordered a BLT and it looked really good and she said it was very good. So, they've they've got quite a bit of, they've got quite a menu there. It's not, you know, you think it's just a coffee store. Yeah, I've always seen a sandwich board outside that says salads. Yeah. I don't know why you advertise salads on a sandwich board though, you know? Why isn't it a salad board? I don't know. <laughs> Where's the salad board? And the board doesn't look like a sandwich, so why? There's history there. Um, the other place that I'll talk about is that we went out uh, to the Hyatt Regency, Lake Washington. This is the one in Renton, right on the lake. Mm-hmm. They have an incredible dock there, and there there are some sp- spots that you can moor your boat, or you can um, – there's a free – Two-hour free parking during the weekdays and free parking on the weekends, I think it is, um, if you go to the restaurant. So they, in the summer, had dock and anchor, and it was just like a bar and very casual food, and they had the cocktail tables kind of spread out all over. Mm-hmm. And you're right. I mean, literally, you're six feet from the water, yeah. and you're at the water level. It's very nice. But they are deciding that they're going to change that up seasonally. So right now, they've got a huge tent out there. Uh, right on the dock, mm-hmm. and you can see through it. It's the clear plastic walls, and there are doors that you can go right out to the dock. They've got a ginormous TV in there, which if you, if you want a romantic evening, don't sit in front of that thing because it's just no, wild. No, it's, uh, it's all the lights zooming. I mean, the light, I had my back to the TV, and, and there's just light was changing on the walls yeah. of, the, of the tent the whole time I was sitting there. And it's in the center of the tent, and there's a – Two ends to it, so I mm-hmm. think you could go behind that TV, you know, and not right. probably have that um, if you didn't want that. If you're there for the game, hey, way too much fun. And they got large propane tanks, so they've got a lot of heaters in yeah. there, and, and yet it sucks uh, fresh air in yeah. all the time. So, so you're, it's a uh, it's a safe thing and it's a fun thing. So um, they decided that because of the restrictions and who knows what's going to happen, that mostly people who come in might be family groups or in the same household. So they decided to go... Or maybe on the same football team. Yeah, could be the same football team. But they decided to go shareable plates and family-style dishes, and then they decided, what does that sound like? It sounds like Italian. So they went Italian. It's a kind of a Northwest Italian thing. So they have carbonara, they've got a fettuccine dish, they've got clams, um, meatballs, flatbreads, but they have... We had a 16-ounce New York steak that we split. Mm-hmm. That was very good. And we're not into potatoes. They served it with fingerling potatoes, but they were really good. Crunchy and a little salty on the outside and mm-hmm. fluffy on the inside. They did a really good job on those. They do a whole branzino. The whole fish comes out on the plate. So they, they have some interesting things going on. And um, so It was a really well-crafted menu, and there was a couple of things that overlapped into other foods. So mm-hmm. they didn't have to have you know separate 
this and that for these things. They were mm-hmm. able to use some stuff over in another yeah. plate. They, they use the same meatballs in their spaghetti and meatballs that they do in their just appetizer yeah. of meatballs. Yeah. And their appetizers are obviously shareable, but if you weren't really that hungry, you could just go and have a couple meatballs. You know, I think it's a three or four meatballs in a mm-hmm. appetizer thing. So um, the entrees are all pretty big, too. They're meant to be shared as well. So, But I thought, and we talked about this the last time we were there to this time we were there, the food has really improved. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like it was awful, but it, it's just they're hitting their stride. Well, they've moved it beyond a deep fryer. Yeah, and and partly when we were there last time, it was when everything had just shut down. It was, I don't know, April or something. And they were struggling to find themselves, you know. Yeah. You know, so maybe it was later than that, but in any case. So why don't you talk about Canyon River Grill? Ah, the Canyon River Grill. Well, we I think uh, we talked about we being there for lunch. It, yeah, yeah, on the last show, but we had gone there for lunch and uh we loved it. And they said, "Hey, why don't you guys come over and do dinner?" <laughs> so we did. Yeah. And uh oh my. Uh you got a a list of all the goodies that we ate when we were there. Oh yeah. Well, gosh, we we had a I was going to say a little bit of everything. Actually, we had a lot of everything. I found your list. Nova Scotia bluefin tuna, lamb shank, house-made fettuccine. It was, lamb, ca- it was lamb shank on the fettuccine. Yeah. 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 Uh, with a with homemade house-made fettuccine with a Cabernet orange sauce. Uh, then Chef brought us a little slice of Wagyu beef. Oh, man, that oh, was good. Melt in your mouth. And it had some blue cheese and really thin fried onion rings, just the kind Connie likes. Yes, I love those. Especially with blue cheese and wagyu, and we uh, had and the I, rosemary garlic prawn or rosemary prawns. I oh. noticed that uh, Chef Davis made up uh, looked like about a dozen turkeys mm-hmm. for Thanksgiving, and I don't know where those went to, but uh, nice photograph of all those turkeys set up in the prep room there. Yeah, so that was pretty cool. So uh, yeah, we highly recommend. That you take a trip out to the Yakima Canyon. You don't even have to go to Yakima. Yeah. You just go to Ellensburg and drop down into the Yakima Canyon. River Canyon. Yakima River Canyon. Yakima River Canyon Lodge. Oh, no. It's Yakima Canyon Lodge. And it's called the Yakima Canyon Grill. It's the Canyon River Lodge. Okay. Right. Yeah. And uh, Chef Kevin Davis is there and making awesome food awesome awesome food and you know if you've loved his food in the past you're going to find it there again plus he's you know messing around and doing some new stuff so ah so good so we've been cooking a lot at home too yeah um the one thing that uh, not the one thing but one thing i did that turned out really well but but it's not quite perfected is those lamb kebabs i've done them before and we've talked about them before and i think we even have the recipe up on 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 the if you want to go into the archive it's so good. It's ground lamb, pine nuts, parsley, garlic. I think I used shallot this time. Incredible flavor. And you grill it. Now, the recipe originally called for balls, like rolling the lamb into balls. Mm-hmm. But I didn't want to do that. I wanted to make it more like a single longer piece that you could even use in a gyro, you know, inside the pita bread or something. Yep. But even, And I thought that would hold together better than the ball. But when you tried to grill them, they still fell apart. So I, I, I think that the solution, <coughs> in the in a normal world, the solution would be an egg and some white flour. Mm. In my world, it would be an egg and some coconut flour. Coconut flour, not not, not almond. almond flour. Okay, because the coconut is it, it'll it'll take in a bunch of moisture and make a binding. Product, oh, okay. Whereas the almond just kind of sit there and go hi. <laughs> oh, we don't want any that kind of nonsense. I put, I put, I put some. Uh, I'm not sure how much. I'm thinking for for the amount that you made, probably one egg and a tablespoon of coconut flour is going to get you that binding product. Oh, okay, okay, we'll try that next time. <clears throat> we'll keep working on that one. Yeah, and then I made hummus, and it was a different recipe than than the one we recently made. And it was good, but I didn't rinse the chickpeas. For some reason, I didn't think about it. And it was a little more earthy mm-hmm. than I like. So I think rinsing. And then I went out and looked it up because the way you make it, you actually boil the chickpeas. 
That's right. So I thought, what the heck is the difference? So I looked it up, and basically the wet peas, which are like canned, they have already been dried and boiled, so you don't need to cook them. The dry peas, if you're using dry peas, they can be soaked overnight if you have time or boiled until tender if you want to do it faster. Yeah. And then they said, if you boil canned peas, so if they've already been boiled and dried and boiled, if you boil them again for 20 minutes and puree them, you'll get a really smooth texture that you don't that you get like from the dried. Mm-hmm. So so you could do it. It's not like anything is wrong. It's just what you want the outcome to be. In fact, in the recipe I started to work from, uh, written by Dr. Maisley, <clears throat> um, he said don't use canned mm. beans. He said use the dry beans. Oh, really? Soak them and boil them and then mm. uh, rinse them and go for it. Okay. But not – he said to stay away – He actually, what he said, he says, don't use canned beans. That won't work. That's what he said. No. It clearly works. I've always used canned beans. Yeah. So, but perhaps there's something even organic in the cans that you maybe want to stay away from. Maybe that's what he was going for. I don't know. But those are my kind of two good ones. You've got even more. I had a few good ones. Yeah, I had a, we had a couple of flops too, but I had a few good yeah. ones. Um, I made butter chicken. Mm-hmm. Mm, boy, was it good. Now, again, yeah. we're talking about butter. Yes. So when you're making butter chicken, don't use regular butter. Use organic grass-fed butter mm-hmm. so that you don't get one step closer to the cardiologist. <laughs> <clears throat> Another thing we made that had a lot of butter in it. And oh man, was it delicious! We did pork chops. Mm-hmm. I got uh, non-GMO pork chops out of PCC, and we cooked those up. Real simple recipe. You just dice up a shallot, put some butter in there. Uh, what and was you, that? Oh, and a little a three, red wine. Three peppercorn mm-hmm. that you crunch. Yep, three peppercorn. Yeah, we did a little rub on them. That's mm-hmm. right. I brined them in apple juice first, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I felt like I was in a New York steakhouse. Somewhere. We were. I took my first bite and I said, "You know what? If I was in a restaurant and I'd ordered pork chops, which don't normally thrill me, and I took one bite of this, I'd be like, oh, my God, I'm coming back here every night.' <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I really could eat those every month. Yeah, they're delicious. Hint, hint. <laughs> Got it. And then uh, I did make my turkey cutlets for Thanksgiving this year. We don't do them every year. But being that it was just you and I doing Thanksgiving together, mm-hmm. uh, we didn't end up cooking a 10-pound turkey and eating turkey sandwiches for the next week. So I don't mind not doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the thing I did on the turkey cutlets this year was instead of using a – I usually use like a whole wheat breadcrumbs. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, let's, let's try them with some panko. But really don't get the depth of the flavor with the panko. You know, but but now I got it around. I want to do some shrimp and stuff like that. Yeah, some coconut shrimp. And it was kind of crunchy too. I should have rolled it in uh, under a roller a little bit and really mm. broken it down a bit more. Hmm. I thought it was really good. To be honest, I don't yeah. know. Uh, that's what I thought. Yeah, you've got a longer history with the cutlet recipe. I've been so. making those cutlets since about 1985. Yeah, still a favorite. Well, wine-wise, we've been uh, kind of into some whites lately, so we like to tell you when we get good deals on things. I got a Saint Michel Chardonnay for seven ninety nine. That was very nice, and we tried a Kendall Jackson Pinot Gris, and I think that was like eight ninety nine. No, that's that Saint Michel was uh, Indian Wells, right? Ooh, I don't recall. I think it was Indian okay. Wells. There's two you can get out on the market right now. I think they're both probably good, but the Indian Wells is the one that stands out in my mind. Okay. It might be more than that. I don't know. That's $8 a bottle. Oh, okay. Now, wine prices are all over the place. If we say $8 a bottle and you go to Central Market and it's 11 yeah. don't blame us. Yeah, but in fact. We, we're getting most of our wine at Total Wine right now. Mm-hmm. Or BevMo. I've been to BevMo mm-hmm. a lot. We like the J. Lore Arroyo Seco Chardonnay. And I think Total Wine online has it for ten seventy four. And at Central, I paid twelve ninety nine. So they, they had a couple bucks on, so know that. It's really good. If you like buttery and oaky, you get that with the J. Lower. Yeah, but it's not – I've had much oakier ones too. You get it, yeah, it's, but it's not overwhelming. Yeah, so it's yeah. it's kind of a nice um, in-between there. So 
All right, let's take a little break, and when we come back, we're going to roll through the News Bites file, and it uh, doesn't really look like we have much for the calendar to tell you, but we'll yeah. park what we can there when we come back. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by Petra Mediterranean Bistro. Take a journey to Greece, Lebanon, Jordan, and the North Shore of Africa by way of Belltown as you dine in a welcoming atmosphere and experience the hospitality that Chef Call provides. Need a quick bite? Drop into the attached cafe or shop for authentic flavors in the adjoining store. Visit PetraBistro.com for more information. Hi, my name is Elijah Lefkowitz. We're from uh, Fort Myers, Florida. We're visiting the Seattle area, and we went to the Tillicum Place Cafe for brunch, and it was absolutely delicious. We had the savory and sweet Dutch ba- Dutch babies, and we'll, if we ever come back, that we'll be coming back to Tillicum Place Cafe. Hi, this is Sherelle with Revolve, and you're listening to the Seattle Dining Show. We are back on the Seattle Dining Show. I'm Tom Marin, the publisher. I'm here with Connie Adams, the front of the house, the senior editor, and all good things in between. Oh, nice. And we have some news bites here. What do we got this month? Well, the first one, which is, uh, you know, we've known for a little bit, and it's now out in the open. Chef Kevin and Teresa Davis have formally said they will not ever reopen any of their restaurants. They've all been closed since March, and we've mentioned a bunch of times, but Kevin's the executive chef at Canyon River Grill in the Canyon River Ranch in Ellensburg, and Teresa is in HR at Amazon. So a big change is there for them. Um, they, of course, had Steelhead Diner, Orfeo, Blue Acre Seafood, Zane, Zane and Wiley's Seattle Steakhouse, and, and then the Tempesta. The, yeah, don't forget the donut shop. Yeah. Tempesta no. Donuts and Coffee. Yeah. Yeah. So sad to lose all of those. Sad to see the whole, you know, how those guys built those businesses up. They worked hard. They tried to do it where they didn't have to be having investors and that sort of thing. And then this whole thing kicks in and everything is lost everything. And it is, um, you know, sadly, that is not a solitary story. It's not like, I don't know what happened to those guys. It's happening to a lot lot of of people. A lot of people, yeah. So, um, you know, when people say, well, other people are hurting besides restaurants, it's very true. But restaurants have been hit so hard. So you got a couple more to tell us about. Yeah. So Boat Street Cafe on that lower Queen Anne, they used to be down on uh, Lake Union mm-hmm. e- ages ago. Ages ago. 20, almost 18 years ago. Yep. Um, and then the two partners split up, and one partner kept it, and she has it on Lower Queen Anne, and it's been doing brunch and doing what they do, but it's done. Then Tarzan I. Jane in Freelard that took over um, – shouldn't even bring it up because I can't remember the name of it, but um, they took over, and it was a very expensive thing. It was like you went in and you had a number of courses. It was is that a where the longshoreman's daughter was? No, no. This no. is uh, on the way up. into Ballard, yeah. Okay. Um, it's the same guy who owns, um, anyways, oh yeah, we're moving never on. mind. <laughs> it's like, I can't remember any of them. So, uh, they're gone and, um, long provincial downtown. They were the ones who took over the cube space oh, ages yeah. ago. If anyone remembers that they're gone, they still have their other restaurant in the international district, the Tamarind tree, I think it is. Mm-hmm. So that's still going. The boar's nest in Ballard. You knew about this one, and I've eaten there. It's gone. And then we mentioned El Diablo. So the Boar's Nest sort of popped up after Smoke and Pete's left Ballard. And uh, I liked Smoke and Pete's. Uh, The Boar's Nest never wooed me. I never went back again. Yeah. But, uh, hey, you know, the thing about looking at all of this right now, it's, it's sad, and I know that this, we're still going to have more of these sort of announcements in the, in the near future. But, you know, what I'm really looking forward to is uh, we get a vaccine, 
and we see this whole new batch of restaurants on the horizons that are going to finally fill in all these places. It's going to be interesting to see what yeah. we get in the city the next time around. We're going to have a, yeah. quite a wave of new restaurants mm-hmm. in about a year from now, I think. And it will be fascinating to see if the city itself draws restaurants in because it depends on how many businesses say, you know, we don't need our workers in the office all the time. They can still yeah, work from home. That's true, too. So, you know, that may change what comes back in town, downtown, not in the neighborhoods or anything. It is going to be well, maybe really Maybe we could get some better restaurants in some of the neighborhoods. Yeah. You know, like where I live up in North Seattle, we yeah. could use some better dining. Yeah. If all those people are working at home, they got money, they need to spend it. Yeah. Let's open a restaurant. Oh, yeah. That's what we should do. Yeah. Yeah. We'll make that pork chop for everybody. Yeah. We'll call it <laughs> pork chop. Oh, no, oh, there's I can't already do a pork that. Top. Is that still in live, or I don't know? I think it's still there. Yeah. And then um, Hitchcock on Bainbridge Island has changed their concept to Burger House. Burger, H-A-U-S. Like a, like a German house. Yes. Yeah, H-A-U-S. They did that on November 10th, so it's been there for a little bit. The former bar is the order counter, and where the espresso machine was is now a milkshake machine. And uh, owner Brendan McGill says that Hitchcock may return there if it makes sense at some point or they may find a new home someplace else for it and leave burger house alone hmm. what did they serve at hitchcock i never ate there i never ate there either isn't that horrible no, we don't know um it was for one thing it, he's very very into local stuff okay so it was all pretty pretty good stuff and kind of interesting you know it wasn't the regular stuff that you'd find at almost any other place so and he's got a number of things going on. He's got some stuff downtown that's still open. And so, Brendan's moving and shaking. All right. Well, as far as our calendar goes this month, uh, you can watch it. We'll be putting stuff <laughs> up. Right now, we don't really have a whole lot to tell you. I think that what you'll probably do with the calendar during December is just start adding in all the places that you can order a, exactly. a Christmas to-go dinner yeah. or a holiday to-go dinner. And that stuff just hasn't started popping out. You know, we're, yeah. we're recording right after Thanksgiving, so everybody's just breathing a sigh of relief right now that they got all their food out. And uh, so I think events will start popping up and we'll see that so that's what we'll you'll see on there so if you don't want to cook at home for christmas and you want to support local restaurants just keep an eye on seattledining.com backslash calendar or just click the calendar link when you go to seattledining.com and uh, we'll be piping them in there as they come up exactly well that was a speedy news bites and calendar section indeed it was and now we will take a little break and when we come back we have got a holiday gift guide for you excellent support for seattle dining and the seattle dining show is provided in part by esquin wine and spirits drop by and check out one of the widest inventories of wines from around the world as well as local and international spirits all procured by their expert staff is your wine collection ready for a new home esquin offers monthly wine store storage lockers in a temperature controlled environment visit their website at madwine.com today my name is jordan from twin falls idaho and i had an amazing food experience at toulouse petite this is Christian from Traveri Cellars in Yakima, and you're listening to the Seattle Dining Show. We are back on the Seattle Dining Show, the December 2020. Edition. Yes. And you know what that means. It's time to do a little holiday shopping. And who doesn't like something more than sitting in front of a computer and doing <laughs> holiday shopping for your loved ones because you don't want to go out of the house? That's so sad. So um, we have about a dozen items here. What I noticed in our list of stuff is that it's not like a whole bunch of new gadgets and stuff because, you know, a lot of the new gadgets that are out there are kind of jivola. And you've only got so much room in your kitchen, you know. Shelf space is uh, is it a premium if you really like cooking. Uh, if you have a lot of gadgets you're already, you don't need one more typically. So we're just going to kind of breeze through what we've got here. And I think that the theme is some of this is sort of like things that you could get for someone else that would be nice replacements for the the junk they have. Oh, no, I didn't say that. 
But uh, go ahead. What do you got on your first one? Well, some of mine are kind of kitschy, like this first one. And it's not like you absolutely have to have it, but it might be fun, and it would take up very little room. But it's called the Avocado Sock. And it is knitted, well, knitted some kind of put together with Shetland wool, which has a lot of lanolin in it. So it's just big enough to slide a whole avocado in, and it will ripen within 24 to 48 hours. Oh! And the reason that struck me, I mean, you can put it in a paper bag, which I, I do, but it takes a while. Socks? I would not do your sock. <laughs> I would not do your sock. And, and listeners, please, do not use Tom's sock. Can I, can I rub my feet with lanolin and wear it around for a day and then put the <laughs> avocado in the next day? I'm just going to guess and say no. I could be wrong. Hmm. But I, it comes in three colors, um, and you can buy a three-pack and you get a little discount. Um, they, the, it's a Canadian company, and they employed I, – I love this phrase – employment-challenged people. Oh. I do not know if that's because – physically or mentally there have a hard time getting jobs or it's just people who have not worked in a long time. Huh. So, but um, it's like seven, it starts at 17. So I think it's 17 per sock, which is kind of expensive, but if it's a gift, you know, hmm. um, but anyway, I thought that was kind of interesting. And lately, every time I go to the store and they're, it's true of organic and non-organic avocados, but they're all hard as rocks. So yeah, especially this time of year, I, I pick them up thinking I'll figure out in about two days, two or three days, what I might want to use them for in four or five days. You know, yeah. it takes that long. They're so hard. So something like this if you like forget about be, them after that, you're just going to put them in a smoothie and that'll be the end of it. Yeah. So, <laughs> or smash it up, you know, and... smash it up on a sandwich. I like that. Or make avocado toast in the mm-hmm. morning. I mm-hmm. do that. So, but I like them best. My favorite thing to do with an avocado is leave it whole, you know, cut it in half, take the stone out and fill it with bay shrimp. And then drizzle olive oil and salt and pepper on it. Oh, never done that. Oh, so I have to go to your house for lunch sometime. Yeah, it's excellent. So, mm. All right, that's my first fun thing. All right, well, uh, my first one uh, comes out of the uh, pork chop that we made the other night that was so delicious. But let me tell you, when you put that pork chop into a uh, hot skillet with, uh, I used extra light olive oil. Uh, and uh, next thing you know, it just splatters everywhere. Yeah, it's sparking. And I've had splatter guards before, and most of them really don't work that well. So I am going to be getting one of these, and I'll have to give a report on it later. But it turns out that OXO makes a splatter guard that fits over multiple sizes of pans, uh, has a folding handle so it's easier to store mm. without that handle sticking out, mm-hmm. and it's perforated metal. It's not a screen. Oh. So there's less chance of you getting stuff coming out. And then, and I'm looking at those perforations. It looked like they're sort of diagonal. Mm. So, you know, anything that's shooting straight up in the air is going to get caught before it goes out. Yeah. Ooh, so that's good. looking forward to that. But, uh, you know, that's that's an item that – I've had them before, and never really been that happy with them. And now I'm looking forward to something that's yeah. a little more thought out. And might actually do the job it's supposed to do. Yeah. This next one for me, um, I have not tried myself, so I'm not going to say, you know, it's the final answer. But it sort of seems to be a good thing. They're silicone uh, stretch lids, and they come five to a pack. They're 13 bucks. They're super stretchy. They can stretch two to three times their size, and then you just put it over, you know, any leftovers, over any kind of pan, any dish, any whatever, oh. and it's the top. But because you've stretched it over, you can you don't have to use plastic wrap anymore, which always annoys me because it's always sticking to itself. And, and, you have th- and you just throw that stuff and you throw away. It, away. it turns into yeah. Now this stuff is microplastics um, and reusable, non-toxic. It's safe in the microwave, freezer, and the dishwasher. Hmm. Huh. Seems like a really good deal. Hmm. Okay. You'll have to show that now. Where did you see these online? All of the ones I got were on the Gromit, G-R-O-M-M-E-T dot okay. com. Well, I uh, I know one year, one, one episode of the show, we talked uh, about tips and tricks, and I said, uh, take everything out of your gadget drawer, put it up on the counter, Get rid of your duplicates, get rid of the stuff you don't use, mm-hmm. and you'll get some more room in your drawer. And I did that, and I got a little more room. But I, my drawer was just 
really getting out of hand and the the uh the unit in there that divides up all the different mm-hmm. stuff uh is 20 years old it was never the right size and so i went looking at uh the container store in bellevue and came up with modular pieces that fit my drawer really well now mm-hmm. uh took everything out sorted it all out got those new dividers in and much nicer in there now, much more organized again. Yeah. And the things that I hated where utensils were popping out and sliding around into other places and stuff, that's all kind of gone away yeah. now. And I'm able to store the shorter things vertically, which I didn't do before. Yeah, and that's very handy because you can see them so clearly. Yeah, and you get a lot more room out of that. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you could do it at the container store online. Uh, I didn't really find a lot of options at places like Target or Bed Bath & Beyond. No, it didn't do what I wanted to do because I really wanted to sort of custom tailor that drawer. Yeah. So I think that's what I like about the container store, though. I mean, there's so many options and different sizes, different widths. Yeah. And yeah. I also did my silverware drawer. Yeah. And there's a product by a company called Joseph & Joseph. And it's uh, it's for sorting out your silverware. But the beautiful thing about it is, is you you store all the silverware diagonally over each other, so you get more room in your in your silverware drawer yeah. now. So. And and yet, all the differences, the spoons, the knives, the forks, and stuff, are clearly. Uh, There's a little symbol yeah. marked into the plastic yeah. container. You're not scrambling around to get it on this diagonal. Th- you know, it's really clear. Yeah, and they're not the the utensils aren't exposed. Yeah. So if you get any dirt or dirt stuff down in there, it's it doesn't get right on the utensil yeah. itself. Yeah, that's a good thing. Um, the next thing I saw that I thought was a very good idea is called an oval concave cutting board. So it's oval. But it goes down into the middle, slightly. So if you put a chicken or a piece of uh, roast, oh yeah, pork and all tenderloin, the juices and stuff, it will all go goes in. right there. Uh, so the the meat keeps marinating as it sits there. Um, you don't have it running off onto the counter. You're not losing any juice if you want to put that back in the pan and make a little pan jus or something. Mm-hmm. You've got all that, um, and it holds the small board holds a cup of liquid. And the larger bowl holds two cups of liquid. So, so you could almost brine stuff in that, too, or marinate. It didn't look that deep, but it says two cups on that bigger one, so maybe. Yeah. Huh. But, but anyway, I thought that was that's twenty nine ninety five to start, so that's probably the smaller board. But most of the time, that's all I'd need. We're not making gigantor things, and we're not making a turkey very often. So, mm-hmm. so I thought that was a good idea. I like that. Yeah. I want to see that, too. Yeah. Okay, I was wrong at the beginning of this section. See, you do need little... You got all the evolutionary stuff that mm-hmm. makes sense to get. Exactly. But we've seen some jive out there, too. Yeah. Um, we talk from time to time, and certainly in our recipes that we publish, uh, we're pretty particular about specific temperatures. And there's three ways to figure out the temperature of food in your kitchen... Most people only have one or two, um, but there's three different thermometers that I think everyone should have in their kitchen. Uh, one of them is a, uh, you know, poke it right in there, see what it is, mm-hmm. instant read thermometer. Uh, the second one is the kind of poke, poke it in and it's got a wire on it and, it and you can stick it into the meat in the oven and follow the temperature, the internal temperature of the meat while it's cooking. You can also use that on the barbecue. Yeah, you can. And uh, the third one is a, uh, what do you call that? It's a infrared thermometer. Yeah. Where you can aim it at the food and um, see what the external temperature of the food is. That comes in real handy when you're trying to figure out what, when, when is the right time to flip a scallop or a, a, a steak or whatever. I like to wait until whatever that, that top temperature gets to about 100 degrees, and then I'll flip. Mm. And I can see that with a infrared. I can also see if the oven really is at the temperature mm-hmm. that it says it's at. Or do you have your fry pan? Yeah, is the- my fry pan hot enough? Yeah. So uh, three, three thermometers, I think collectively, you would probably spend anywhere from 50 to to $100 to get a set. 
Mm-hmm. And I know of no one who makes a set of all three where they are all matched up and look mm-hmm. and all that. But um, there's tons of online, and uh, everyone should have all three. Yeah. And stop this nonsense about, well, I touched it with my finger, and uh, it bounced back. And, yeah. Yeah, that doesn't work. Well, you know what? I, so many chefs do it. I have to say if you make that many steaks, um, you, you get a feel for it. But Yeah, but there's really a difference. On, on a chef who works in a restaurant, they continually – Learn that, yeah. Okay, so they keep making that pork chop. But when you're making it at home, I don't know when was the last time you touched a pork chop. You know, so so you're 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 in a safer position if you have these three thermometers. If you're at home, you should absolutely have them. And actually, it's a requirement that chefs have them too. But at least the instant read. Yeah, right in Seattle. Now the the herb mill I'm going to talk about next. The two in one herb mill may sound like one of your sketchy things. Sounds like a restaurant I haven't gone to yet. Yes, the Herb Mill. This is a $20 item. It's like a little tube, and it strips and minces fresh herbs. So it looks to me like you open it up, and it has three different holes in it, and you can pull your like rosemary through, and it'll Uh dump the... The, the leaves and you get rid of the... I was using the herb stripper on time yesterday. Yeah. So, I've, you know, we've already got an herb stripper. Mm-hmm. But um, inside, the blades act like scissors, so they don't mangle the herbs. Mm. And and it sounds sketchy to me. The reason I decided to talk about it anyway is because it's made by Microplane. Okay. And they do a lot of good stuff. And I kind of... I would have more faith in them to do an item like this well. They make great shredders, and they've shredded a lot of human flesh over yeah, the years. Yeah, they know how to do stuff with scissor-like <laughs> blades. Just saying. <laughs> I, I am so terrified every time I, I pull my grater out. It's a microplane. <laughs> oh, my God. I just hope I can get through it without without breaking my skin, you know? <laughs> Take a nail off or so. And, then, and as soon as I get done with it, I clean it up, and I put that cover back on it. Yeah, I don't want so that safe. thing around my hands. <laughs> but it does a great job. Yeah. All right. All right. Um, hey, well, let's get back to collections of things. You know, there's uh, – everybody's got to have a whisk in the kitchen. Everybody should have a few whisk in the kitchen. But uh, there's no need to have three of the same type of whisk. And so a number of people – you know, the most common whisk you're going to find in anybody's kitchen is going to be what is called a ball whisk. And uh, they're okay. They do some things well. Others things like making guacamole and stuff like that. All the, all the avocado gets stuck in the ball mm-hmm. whisk. And so um, I gotta recommend that you get your loved one a set of three whisk. Forget the ball whisk altogether. Get what's called a, an an English whisk for that. It's a little narrower than a ball whisk. And it does exact same thing. You know, it's really good if you want to mix up like batters and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. Uh, the second whisk I'm going to recommend you get, if you like baking, then you want to get a dough whisk. I know we talked about that a couple months mm-hmm. ago. Uh, I'm, I find mine really handy. And I noticed uh, I looked at some of those like KitchenAid things that you can do the baking stuff with. And that big blade that goes in there, basically it's a, it's a you know baking whisk yeah. like that. Dough whisk. Uh, and a third whisk, which is not very common that I see in people's kitchen, but I found it really handy, is a flat whisk where it's just got all the wires running in sort of parallel to each other and uh, really nice when you're mixing up your dry goods. Mm. So uh, – that that you know, and that won't cost you a lot. What does it cost? You probably pay twenty, thirty bucks to get three nice whisks. Mm-hmm. And and depending on what kind of uh, equipment you have in the kitchen, you might want to go silicon. You might want to go metal. Yeah, yeah, you could, because you definitely don't want to be scraping up any uh, nonstick cookware with any whisk. Yeah. So you should, you know. And I know in my kitchen. Mm-hmm. I have uh, silicone versions of the ball whisk and the English whisk because mm-hmm. it's about the only time I ever use them in, use a whisk in the actual pan itself. Oh, okay. so, Mostly it's in bowls or yeah. I'm not worried about putting a metal whisk into a metal bowl. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. 
This next one for me, this is my last one, and it is aimed directly at you. It is called the kitchen towel and wrap around kitchen towel and wrap around apron. So it's a large, larger than normal kitchen towel, which it looks it's ridiculously large for a kitchen towel. Mm-hmm. But it's got a way that you wrap it around your waist and tie it on, and then you you are set. It's like an apron, but yeah. you can tie it on. Um, as you know, you love to get in there and start cooking and wipe your hands on your pants. Now those pants. Oh, I, wa- I wash them first, go. and then I wipe my hands on the yeah, pants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that, but it's okay. it's a it's a good girl thing. Oh my God, you don't wipe your hands on your pants. <laughs> so I I get a little you know crazy when I see you do it every day. So <laughs> so just for forty four dollars, you can get a certified organic cotton apron. It's got a, a hook that you can hang it. You've got hangers right there. You can mm-hmm. put it on there. Um, it just it looks uh, like really it, it looks it's a very nice looking thing and it does exactly what you want it to and then you just hang it up or throw it. Does it come in a, 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 a nice deep blue? I didn't look at colors. Oh, mm. Same Black same or website blue for me. Yeah, I, but there was a blue, a dark blue. I'm sure. Okay. Yeah, I think there was a dark gray. So. So. You- so you're aiming this directly at me because you want me to buy you one for Christmas, or are you going to buy me one for Christmas? I want you to buy yourself one. <laughs> <laughs> like, like everything else in my kitchen, I buy myself. Uh, we'll take a look at it. We'll right. just take a look at it and see if you like it. Well, uh, here's another one. You know, I was talking about the, the different types of whisks to have, and I was going through my knife collection the other day, and I have a very nice set of Wusthof knives but um, there's one knife missing from my collection, and that's a Santaku, which is really good knife for chopping. And Wusthof makes one that has the the concave edges on it, so they they don't trap food on mm-hmm. the blade itself. And so I, I went ahead and ordered one up, and then I realized you know this is never going to fit in my knife block. I need a new knife block, and I thought. I started looking around online and seeing what was out there, and they're all about $40 for a nice knife block. So I just went to Salvation Army, and I found a knife block for, well, with my senior discount, I think I paid $1.70 <laughs> for this beautiful Cuisinart knife block. The black. It's got room for all my knives, including the new Santaku, and it's got uh, six spots for steak knives. And your last one didn't have a spot for scissors. Right. Right. So I've got room for the scissors. I'm able to get the, the steel in there and to get all the knives in. And I just took my regular knives out from my uh, uh, silverware drawer and took six of them and filled up all those steak, kni- steak knife slots. Because we kind of have a rule here at the house. If, if you can't cut it with a regular knife, we shouldn't be eating it. <laughs> it's too hard. So. Yeah. All right. That was a screaming deal. It was. It was. And, you know, it's, it's fun to go to Salvation Army and grab a few things. If you don't like them, you, you take them back and give them to them, yeah. you know, and donate them back. And then you've done something good for somebody and, you know, have hurt yourself. Every while, you're going to find, like, I had been in there looking for knife blocks maybe two weeks before and didn't see something I liked. And then yeah. this time I went in and there was that one. So, the you know, the inventory is always changing. The options are always different. Yeah. And you end up walking out paying less than 10 bucks for something, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. And it's just what you need. All right. Let's take a little break. And then when we come back, we've got tips and tricks. Yes. I thought we'd been doing that the whole time. Okay. (laughs) Be right back. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by Revolve True Food and Wine Bar in Bothell, where a passion for wellness, wonderful food, and good wine infuses everything they do. All menu items are free of gluten, grains, preservatives, trans fats, GMO, and soy. Enjoy wild seafood, organic farm-fresh eggs, and seasonal organic produce. Find them at revolvefoodwine.com. Hi, this is Heather, and if you're ever out in Yakima, be sure to visit Zesta Cucina. They have wonderful Italian dishes and other various foods to try. Hi, this is Eric Radovich, Executive Director of the Washington Beer Commission. You're listening to the Seattle Dining Show.
the Seattle Dining Show with Tom and Connie, and we are, sadly, at the end of the last show of the year. But as always, we like to leave you with some thoughts about tips and tricks, which we've kind of been doing this whole show, but we've got more. Well, My- I don't know if, if this being the last show of this year is such a bad thing, because it means it's the end of 2020. Yeah. And we could probably start the new decade over again in January, yeah. right? We just forget this whole first year of this decade, and we'll just start over again. I think that's a great plan. Yeah. And, and in fact, my tip is sort of about acceptance. Uh, you know, nothing's the way it is right now. Stop fighting it. And so... Thanksgiving was totally different than people wanted. It couldn't be traditional, and if it was, you were probably taking chances you shouldn't. Um, so what I wanted to say food-wise and, and holiday-wise is take a look at what you did for Thanksgiving. Did it make you happy? Did it work out okay? Fabulous. Repeat for Christmas. Different food, you know, whatever, but don't, don't mope around. You know, if you liked what you did, great. If uh, We talked to one of your brothers who said, yeah, we weren't going to do any food at all. And then they started talking to family on the phone, and everybody was having these big, great meals, and they were like, oh, God, and they were out at the store trying to find stuff. And, <laughs> you know, so think about stuff like that. Um, if, it, if Thanksgiving wasn't what you wanted, then make Christmas as close to what you can do. You know, have your favorite things. Don't feel sorry for yourself. Well, you know, it's, I made a pumpkin panna cotta, mm-hmm. and uh, it really didn't work. That didn't make us happy. But I, I, I kind of know what I need to do to make it better, so now I'm going to take the rest of that pumpkin puree that I have sitting in the fridge. I'm mm-hmm. going to do it again. I'm yeah. going to keep doing it till I get it right. <laughs> and then I'll put work. the recipe up. Yeah. So everybody who wants pumpkin panna cotta in February, just to <laughs> hang on. Cause, uh, Could be somebody's birthday after that. <laughs> Yeah, so I just say figure out what made you happy on Thanksgiving and double or triple it for Christmas instead of being sad about nothing being the same. All righty. Well, my tip this month is got something to do with either the towels I own or the dishwasher or the, the laundry detergent I use or something. But no matter what kind of towel I get, even if it's called a drying towel, I cannot get my – like my mixing bowls. When I wash them, I can't oh. get them dry right away. Mm-hmm. If I rub them, it just seems, sort of seems to rub the water and it doesn't absorb the water. Mm-hmm. And so um, what I got into the habit of doing over Thanksgiving – because I'm going through mixing bowls right and left, yeah. you know, and, and, and yeah, the same one. So I have to wash them up every time. And then I gotta, I'm going to put some dry goods in, so i got to make sure they're dry. So I'm using uh, paper towels, and that seems to absorb water the best. But, you know, you could go through a lot of paper towels doing that. Well, I figure, hey, if that paper towel just had some water on it, I'm not going to go chuck that in the compost bin just yet. And so I just throw it off to the side. It sort of dries out on the counter, and it might be a couple hours later I need it again, and there it is ready to go. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm really thrifty when it comes to these paper towels. Yeah. Well, you watch me at my house, too, because I go through way too many paper towels. I use them for a lot for for various reasons like that. It, you know, other things don't work very well. Yeah. So. So that's that's my tip. All right. Then you know what that means? It's the end of 2020. End of 2020, the last show for Seattle Dining, and it is time to wrap up. So thank you for joining us, not only for December, but for all this year. If you're not already a subscriber to our online magazine, it's free to do so. You can just go to seattledining.com and click on subscribe free. You'll read about these things. You'll see our recipes, and you can hit the show from that site, too. And I look forward to meeting everybody back here in January as we restart the new decade. New attitude. Yeah. Happy holidays. Happy holidays, everybody. Thanks for listening to another edition of the Seattle Dining Show. This program is a copyrighted production of Mixed Media and may not be reproduced in part or in whole without written permission of the legal owner, all right? 
However, feel free to share the link with all your friends on Facebook. Studio equipment for this broadcast was purchased locally at American Music of Fremont Icon. The views and opinions expressed on this show are exclusive to the hosts and guests and do not reflect those of former employees of Bill the Butcher, the Surrogate Hostess, the Beeline Diner, Louie's Chinese Cuisine, the Doghouse, the Five Mile House, Charlie's, the Twin Teepees, Ocean Air, Benjamin's, the Madison Park Cafe, or any other lost Seattle icon. Subscribe free to our monthly magazine online at seattledining.com and join us next time for another edition of the Seattle Dining Show.